Well, hello and welcome to the unofficial Unreal Engine podcast, where we talk about all things Unreal Engine and also 8090s. We're your hosts. My name's Alex and no Jacob today. This is a very special episode. I am here with my good friend who I've never met in person before, uh, Jay from JS Films. Welcome, Jay. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I've been such a fan of you when you burst onto the scene, which feels like not that long ago. Let's start with like the real basics here. <laughs> when did you start using Unreal Engine? I started using Unreal Engine, just started kind of like install it, I guess. Um, it was during the pandemic. Uh, I was off for like four days. I guess that was like end of 2020 is when I installed Unreal Engine 4. And why? What was the reason? What was going through your head? Well, basically what happened was I stopped playing video games. Um, I, I was playing a game and I ended up being liking it. They started doing some stuff in it. I quit. So I had a lot of free time during the pandemic. Um, and I saw the Unreal Engine 5 uh, demo with the Valley of the Ancients. No, not the Valley of the Ancients. The girl with, with the girl flying around with the nanite rocks and stuff. Oh, uh, Echo, yeah. Uh, Echo, Echo, Valley yeah. The first, yeah. Yeah, 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 the first one. So I saw it. I was like, eh, let me go install it. It's free. And I'll make like a silly game, you know, like a horror game. So downloaded it and yeah that's the rest is history really that's really cool okay before yeah, we man. go deeper into your journey um i forgot yeah. to do the thing that jacob always likes to do in our interviews yeah. so in his spirit um we're going to start off with some uh word associations and i'm just going to say a word and you say the first thing co comes to mind um sure. and then we'll we'll kind of take it from there and also again the thing i always forget to say hey everyone thanks for joining us please for, don't forget to like and subscribe and you know tell your friends if you like this podcast and this kind of stuff let us know who you'd like to, us to have for guests uh jay is someone who a lot of people have told us they'd love to have on the podcast and it's like yes we want him we want him we want him so really excited <laughs> for today word association time home yeah. Run. Work. Sucks. Food. Delicious. Travel. Is awesome. Drink. Mm, Coke. Virtual. Reality. <laughs> Unreal Engine. It's tough. <laughs> tough. Tough's a good word association. I like that. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we got three questions. Um, yeah. How do you take your coffee? Uh, it's all black, man. All black. All right. Yeah. Favorite time of day? I would say sunset. Sunset. Yeah. When was the last time you laughed? Or a brief story about like a time you remember laughing uncontrollably? I don't know. I, I watched so many reels. So probably yesterday <laughs> I was watching some dumb reel or something when I was rendering. So that's, yeah, I'll just kind of like watch reels and I'll find the stupidest thing and just laugh at it and cry. And, you know, that can be such a, a, a nice release when someone's working as hard as, as you yeah. are to just have something that you can just kind of like turn off your brain and have just a really raw, emotional, visceral, visceral reaction. Um, right. That can be really free. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's, it's pretty funny. I, I want to dive right into just work ethic because I feel like you might be one of the hardest working people using Unreal Engine right now. You come out with oh, like man. multiple new videos in what seems yeah. like every day. You're exploring all these different aspects of the engine. Um, you're diving into things that, you know, some people, I've, I've seen people from Epic Games who have been working on some of these features for years. And then you like hop right in and find something or use these tools in a way that no one's expected. So where's all that coming from? Where's the drive coming from? What gets you up in the morning to to do this all the time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I guess I can rewind back to, you know, when I first started, um, I was a full time. I, I was in Air Force for 13 years. So my 90% of my Unreal Engine time was when I was full time working. And man, it, it was hard because, <laughs> I mean, um, the, the sleep wasn't there. Um, but yeah, so I had a full-time job. I was going part-time. I have two kids and a wife and I was doing a real uh, YouTube channel on the side. You know, it, this balancing was terrible. I mean, you probably felt the same way at some point. I was like, I don't think I'm being a good dad. But at the same time, I just felt like, working hard would take me somewhere. I mean, still till this day. 
Um, that being said, I know you already know this, but I did leave the Air Force this February of this year to just kind of go full on. So it's a lot better now. It's not as, I don't have to balance. Like the thing that I didn't like was I was in the military, but I couldn't keep my head straight mm-hmm. because I, I was sitting there and I was like, man, I, I could be in Unreal right now doing something crazy or looking something up or learning something. So at some point, that was the biggest part of it was I couldn't concentrate anymore and it wasn't good. It just was not good for me. So I decided to leave. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's still hard. It's a little bit easier now because I'm kind of focused on just creating stuff um, and freelancing and stuff to make money. But yeah, it, it's, it wasn't easy, man. But my point was, my, my whole point was be the first person to cover something that's really good. <laughs> that was it. And, and do as much, I'll try to diversify myself with with the content. So, you know, I dipped about VR, which I talked to you a lot about, road to production, animation, and now with UEFN, which is technically Unreal Engine 2. So just trying to become like a good, have a good idea of how everything works. Not really like an amazing expert, I would say. Just kind of like know everything, just a little bit of everything. So I know how the entire thing works. So. Yeah, I think a lot of people perceive you not just as a generalist, but um, even, even saying like jack of all trades doesn't quite cover it because it really does feel like you have some deep expertise in some areas of the engine where you've probed some workflows and ways to do things that very few people have. And a lot of people really look to you as a, as a, a trailblazer for figuring this stuff out. Um, one thing I wonder about with uh, the military, would there have been an opportunity to start to bring some of your Unreal Engine work into your profession there? Or is it two completely different things? No, because majority of this stuff, um, they contract it out. So mm. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be a like a military member doing it because they contract it out. Um, I don't think they're doing it. Unreal, as far as I know yet, I've, I've seen the VR stuff they had. It's, it's not that good. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I mean, eventually it probably will. Um, but yeah, I would have had to got, get, we don't have a MOS or AFSC or a job career for it just yet. It's, it's contracted usually by civilians. I've talked to them because we have one here. I, I hate them because it's like, do you guys do VR stuff for like, it's like, you know, cool stuff, but yeah, they're usually civilians, not really wearing a uniform. Yeah. And yeah. on the VR side, so right now you have a, a Quest 2. I saw you sold your Vive Pro. Um, what are you trying to? It's still on the Facebook marketplace right now, but yeah, no, I got the Quest 2. And yeah, I want to dig into VR too, because it's, it's obviously going to be the future. I mean, I think it's a different way of entertainment, man. And I love that, you know, exploring that stuff. My goal is to one day like do a VR kind of like stuff you're doing and submit it to like Rain Dance or like a yeah like a short film you know just contest uh, not contest yeah like Rain Dance or yeah festival Austin I think was it the mm-hmm. one in Texas? South by Southwest yeah yeah, yeah. this is my goal is like yo I gotta make a short film there like but once once the technology gets there like many humans and stuff you go, it looks a little bit better every now and then I'm dipping and then I was like okay how does it look now okay it's not there yet let's, let's <laughs> Let's go away. And uh, yeah, once we get there, oh, I'm going to make some VR shorts. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I do have some scripts that uh, like I that's meant for VR. So it, it's been super cool to see you develop um, not just your storytelling workflow with all these awesome short films you've made, uh, but also just kind of pushing some of the boundaries of something like photorealism. You've done all these tests of like lumen versus path tracing. Um, how does that feel, especially when you compare it to something uh, like all the tests you're doing in Omniverse? And for those who don't know, like you're doing all this incredible stuff with like render boxes and multiple GPUs and some of that stuff only works in Omniverse. So on the photorealism front, what are you kind of discovering through all those experiments? So, yeah, I mean, you saw it today. Uh, they gave me access to this insane PC and I tested it in Blender. So uh, when I, 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 I was messing around with like Maya 3ds Max like a long time ago. So I kind of know the whole render thing takes forever type of deal. And, and honestly, the technology that we have now with like Lumen, like how fast it is, it's getting really close to like path tracing and ray tracing. It's pretty exciting to see. Um, with my recent tests with the eight six thousand eight is from render boxes, 
I tried it in Blender, Omniverse, and Unreal. And unfortunately, I already talked to you about this. Um, Unreal just doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't like multiple GPUs right now, man. Um, but but it's cool because when I'm in Blender in an Omniverse, uh, those two softwares are utilizing all of the GPUs. So it's giving me hope that one day we would get that speed in Unreal Engine 5. Because I was rendering path tracing 1440p 2048 samples per pixel in like 20 seconds amazing yeah tracing so again it's like looking at these softwares like yo if if this comes to unreal engine 5 it's 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 over man absolutely yeah and like you can't blame nvidia for prioritizing their own engine everything they're doing with omniverse but i have seen some rumblings from some uh not at epic but people who have played a lot with the source code of unreal engine and they're looking back at an old plugin that nvidia used to have called uh vr works and sli and they're you know that that went out of uh that became deprecated back in like 4.23 or something like that some of them it seems like they see a a pathway toward upgrading that toward um 5.3, 5.3, even though SLI is not a thing anymore, even uh, NV works isn't a thing in many cases. I'm, I'm hearing that there's going to be a way to start to utilize multiple GPUs in a really yeah. compelling way in Unreal. So that'll be great. Yeah, I know. I mean, I would save. I mean, I mean, I understand that the focus, I mean, mainly focus at the games is still fighting the next Fortnite in games, right? Video games still is like the number one thing. So it's okay. They probably have it in the back burner somewhere, but I, I do see it. I do see it. I mean, if Blender can do it, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure Unreal can do it too. Because, man, it is it is impressive. I mean, we're talking about time is money here, right? Mm-hmm. So I've talked to all these VFX studios, Hollywood studios. They're like, yeah, we send everything to like a render or whatever. We pay. We wait like three weeks to a month. I'm like, that is insane, dude. He's like, yeah, oh yeah, if the render doesn't look good, you're pretty much screwed. <laughs> so it's like, that's, that's all the money and time that's gone. I was like, yeah, that sounds painful. But <laughs> But that's what I do like about, you know, like Unreal is I can see it. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy because it's pretty close to your editor. It's getting closer and closer and closer and closer to your editor now, which is amazing. You know, like some softwares, you would look at a, like a white node or something like that. And you would have to imagine how light's going to fall on the object. But with Unreal and Omniverse, like you don't have to. It's right there. That's what you're going to get. So that's pretty exciting. And it helps a lot. Yeah, the real-time aspect is amazing. So I came from a background in in architecture. And similar to you, like I got to a point where it's like, I like being an architect, but I'm thinking all the time about like how much I want to be playing in VR and Unity and eventually Unreal and kind of, you know, pulled out of that profession to focus more on those things. Um, But I'm curious too, going more into your background. So like, were you trying to like make films and using, you know, 3ds Max or Maya or Blender or things like that, and you didn't have a real-time workflow and you feel that contrast now, or what was your creative output like, say, you know, 10 years ago? Yeah. So I, so I, I've been making like movies since I was a kid with my cousins, like silly ones. I have yeah. some really old funny ones, like Star Wars mainly, like um you know after effects and all that stuff so I'll, i've been making my i've been making movies for a while like real movies just for fun as a hobby um and i just never stopped i mean my channel this one is like 12 13 years old but i had another one before that but it got banned because i uploaded a copyright music uh copyright copyrighted music back then was like there's no excuses there's no, no oh it's this strike. is a strike no there's no strikes you get back so my i had a i've had a youtube for a while since they pretty much opened up and i actually kept a lot of my movies on my channel because it's um i i sometimes look at it just just for like inspiration like okay so this is where you this is where you were and you can see you can see it change like yeah. it went from making movies to camera reviews to making movies and camera reviews and then Unreal Engine. So it's, it's, I took everything I learned from making movies as a solo dude and doing everything in Unreal. Um, but one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make when they're trying to make real movies is that they're trying to do everything uh, on their own, which mm-hmm. I try to do myself and it's impossible. <laughs> um, I was making movies where I was the cinematographer, the director, the audio person, the gaffer, the everything. Thing, and it's hard it, it, it's like there's no way aside from all the expenses you gotta pay there's no way so that's like i and where i was living is texas like really small town like there's 
barely find any talent there. So I stopped making movies and just reviewed cameras. But here goes Unreal Engine. I was making this silly horror video game in it using like a template. I think it's like the horror engine. It was free. And I was looking at it and I was like, dude, no way. This I can make a movie in this. <laughs> and like a month later, that's like I started. I was like, this is crazy because what it's doing it's is it's taking all of those jobs you're able to do it yourself but it's not as hard i'm not lugging six lights on set i'm not carrying tripods cameras you know and i have to spend money on it i haven't bought a camera in three years which is that's a miracle for me dude i used to yeah, buy cameras as a filmmaker like, yeah right lens i haven't bought a lens in three years so I'm still broke somehow though, but, um, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, that's the thing that empowered me is like, dude, I don't have to wait on anyone. Right. And the, the more I'm making all of these tests, cause what I do is I do these small set tests and say, all right, I just have a person smiling, making funny faces. I'm lighting everything, setting up some cameras, see how they look. And I take that and I make like a one minute, two minute short from that. So I can do it. Like, finally, I can be the director, the camera person, the lighter, everything. And that's why I like Unreal in real time and Omniverse for filmmaking. That's the biggest difference. Um, and it's really, it's fun. And then, and then, oh, yeah, do you have something? Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Keep, oh, keep talking. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, and probably my favorite part is really creating workflows. Like, you know, I made a, I was making MetaHumans videos like way before they were released and to look at it now I was like man that was a lot of headaches but I learned so much like the different workflows that are actually being used right now in production in like game studios in Hollywood so it's like that's crazy you're asking me like how to do this yeah that's that's insane to me so again that's what that's what makes it worth it in my end it's pretty cool yeah, and it's not a surprise to me at all to hear that you get that kind of feedback because you're so quick with figuring this stuff out as well. Like I was blown away, you know, the day MetaHuman Animator came out to the public, like you had tutorials going up. It's like I had early access to it for months and like <laughs> even I was, you know, lagging a little bit with getting yeah, some so, of that content out there and you just like brute force figured it all out. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's the fun part because I told you this. I was like, dude, you guys got a heads up on me. And then I told you, I was like, yeah, all right. All right. Y'all have a heads up on me, but you ain't winning this one. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, dude, like when that thing came out, I knew I wanted to be the first one to get the tutorials out. And you were I knew it. like, <laughs> yeah. And I knew I was like, I'm not sleeping. And, and I know how it was. I know how it was going to go. I knew, I knew people were going to have tutorials. And then on the release day, I know they're going to release it. So that was like, I didn't beat Epic Games because they had that out. Remember the yeah. one that we were talking about like, oh, yeah. during the release? I was like, I can't beat that because that was pre, pre-done prior. There ain't right. no way I'm going to get that, right? But luckily, and this is what really helps me out, is the documentation gets, mm. gets uploaded. So I am on that documentation, that, that release, and just... Yeah, making the video about it. And yeah, man, it's that's it's always fun to do that. I was afraid. I thought it was gonna be super hard to figure out. Um, but but yeah, it, it wasn't. I was like, oh my gosh, amazing. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the whole story about that many an animator. Yeah. How do you keep track of of releases for things? Do you have like Google alerts going on? Like, how do you know when new documentation comes out, for example? Well, whenever a new release comes out, I always check the they are really good at it now. They have the, the, the forums, mm -hmm. the MetaHuman forums. So I have that in my bookmark. It's kind of like seeing, all right, is there anything new? Additionally, with the roadmap, I look at that roadmap a lot because um, they list what's, what's out, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And additionally, I don't like doing it, but GitHub. I'm, I'm on GitHub and man, it is so painful, but... I go like page by page <laughs> and to see what the commits are about. Wow. I just wish I can sort it somehow, but bro, I'm talking about like 150 pages of GitHub and I was just kind of like next. Okay. Is there anything that I like? No. Okay. Is there anything like, Ooh, new Sivarsh. Okay, cool. 
<laughs> r dot all right let's do yeah i have a notepad and yeah wow. dude, i don't like doing the github thing but they put the stuff out there before anything else yeah so if you want to know what's coming go be a github I so guess, yeah and you're someone who does a great job of also staying up to date with the source build from GitHub. So you're in 5.4 right now, while a lot of yeah. people are still wrapping their head around 5.3. Have you noticed yeah. anything in 5.4 yet that people should be excited about? I don't know. I haven't been <laughs> GitHub, or what is it, dumpster dive is what I call it, because I'm legit <laughs> like just digging for information. No, I haven't done it in a while, but maybe a feedback for them, like maybe make it easier for us to find out what's good. But um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't noticed anything. I don't think 5.4, I mean, 5.3 was the biggest one with the multi-balance lighting reflections mm. um, that I covered like months ago and people call me a liar for it. It's like, dude, <laughs> I'm not lying. It's coming out. I'm not pulling this out of my butt. And then sure enough, it goes 5.3 and like, oh, yeah, I guess it was right. a real feature. <laughs> but yeah, that's the funniest thing is like clickbait. I'm like, dude, no, it's on GitHub. Go get it. Yeah. It's like I'm getting tired of people calling me a liar, but just go sign up, GitHub. It's a private, you know, re re repo. Go download it and play around with it. But but yeah, I think 5.3 is huge. It's it's a big one. Yeah. Um, Every time you post something about, you know, something you got from source, like when 5.3 was out, 5.2 was out and you're posting about 5.3 and now it's 5.4, yeah. there's always someone in your comments who's like, that's Photoshop. Like you're a liar. Yeah. That's not yeah, out. Yeah. Like, there's no and, way you have what that. I, what I always tell people is like, it is so much harder for me to fake this, bro. <laughs> it would be hard for me to fake a feature that I'm showing you right now than right. it being real. Like I can't just, add, I'm not a genius. I can't just add multi-bounce rendering reflections in here in the ui dude it doesn't work like that but but it, and it's just to show you how how epic games how hardworking epic games people are i mean yeah. that github bro it it is i check on there on holidays and it's like these people don't stop working mm -hmm. because i'm like stop 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 committing i can't keep up dude <laughs> But no, I, I, I honestly, it's kudos because them, they are trying to, they're doing it a crazy way. They're doing it, all the engines simultaneously, trying to keep everything updated. They still have 4.26 on there officially, mm. correct? Yeah. 2627512. And there's 4.27 plus, which is like additional oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. after 5.0. Like, Dude, out. that is, that's insane. I don't, do you think they'll still keep that? You, do you think they'll still keep it the same way like that in six or just kind of just wait until five versions and they'll come up with like five or 6.5? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, and I'm getting feedback from people, obviously. So obviously there's some, there's some goods and bads about that is right. Let's say you start with project with two and it goes three and there's like multi-balance reflections. Like, Shh, I really want that. Yeah. And now you update and everything breaks. So I know I, I see both sides of that. We're getting new features, but they're still an experimental. So um, it's, a, it's a question of, do you really want it to be an experimental? Not at all. And we'll just show it to you when it's ready later. So yeah. that's really the question. In some ways, it's kind of exactly the opposite of what Apple does. And, you know, maybe yeah. that's why there's some fighting going on where it's like yeah. Apple wants to pare everything down to like, here is the perfect gem of like what we have internally tested a thousand times. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. we are going to release these two features. And Epic's like, here's a hundred features. 20 yeah. of them are amazing and they work great. And 40 of them are totally broken. Yeah. But like, they just want to give you everything, this big toy box. I know, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I do. I, I, I see it. I, yeah. I see it both ways. But I, I don't envy like game devs because yeah. I really don't. And plugin makers. Like I, I know a lot of plugin makers in the Epic Marketplace. I was like, dude, I don't envy you. And I always talk crap. It's like, hey, 5.4 is out. I know you just had 5.3 done. Uh, good luck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, man, sorry. That was a long answer. Yeah, oh, that was great. Um, I want to go back to something you were talking about with making your first, you know, horror experience. And yeah. uh, there's this term, I, I'm surprised a lot of people still don't know. The term is kit bashing and unreal yes. engine of course is great for this the opportunity to take all these assets that are totally you know free to use or you know we have five free assets every month in, in the marketplace yeah, as well and you can do whatever you want with them and you're one of the yep. best people i've noticed about finding ways to take certain environments and doing something really exciting with them so what's that like for you in, in terms of a creative process you see some pack out there that you can do something with and then your imagination starts to run wild yeah so 
uh, I guess one of my hobbies now is just going to the Epic Marketplace. Like I just purchased like two things. Um, I go to Epic Marketplace and look at new releases and I go through them and I'm really looking for photorealistic stuff. Mm, yeah. Um, and then obviously when I have the budget, I would watch it and when I have the budget, I'll purchase it. But the way I make movies or shorts is I look at the environment first because it's the hardest thing to get right mm. now. It's photorealistic environments because majority of the environments still, they're kind of game assets, right? Yeah. So the photorealistic one sticks out. So say right now I just bought a cabin, right? A cabin, it's pretty close to photorealistic. So now, now that I have that cabin, now I think about a story that I can tell in that cabin. So that's that's how it works is I look at all the environments, see what I like, and then see what I can tell in it which is kind of backwards because in real life you would location scout first yeah actually no you would write the script location scout and then do the thing but me i work kind of the other way around find the environment the most photorealistic you can get and i do combine like you said kit bashing is one of my favorite things to do because i can't model and that's one of the great things about being you know using unreal engine on reverse and blender it's like don't model like because what i kind of one of the advices I always tell people is don't get bogged down on technicalities of things. Mm. If I, as a creator and a filmmaker, decided I'm going to model every single thing in my movie, I'm not going to get anything done. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, do you really think they model <laughs> no. all their 3D models themselves? Yeah. And that's what people are not understanding. And it's because... It's I get all these comments all the time. It's like, dude, you're just kit bashing stuff, putting stuff together. Mm. You're not really modeling these characters and these assets. I'm like, why would I? I'm not a modeler. I'm, I like to tell stories. I'm a filmmaker, you know? Because, dude, if you... It was one of the things that I learned from the traditional movie making is if you get down and get too technical with something, you're not going to get anything done, you know? Like, I don't know how to retopo fucking model, I don't have to, dude, you know? So that's just that. It's just like an advice. It's like, don't get too complicated with it. Just make something and learn from that. Yeah. And similarly, I think you do such a great job of, uh, in the same way you just said, don't get hung up on on technicalities. Like, I think you're also able to see through, um, let's call it like the way things can kind of have a previous quality and then kind of see what it's going to look like when you come out the other end. So when you're in director mode, for example, if you've got people in, you know, XN suits and you're directing a mocap shoot or something like that, what's that process like for you? And what kind of things do you try to keep in mind to get the best results from your performers and to kind of think about what that end product is going to look like? Um, so I usually... So again, I usually start with the environment, right? So if, yeah. for say the uh, the the two people in the bar that that I purchased for like twenty bucks, mm-hmm. I get I get the bar, I download it, and I just move some sets around, some chairs, some tables. I like everything, and then in my head, I get the shots. Mm-hmm. So when mocap day comes, I have like two hours to mocap everything. I know the angles that I need to capture which is, yeah, it's the best way to do it, I think. Because obviously where I, I don't have a studio, so I have to go like 30 minutes away in a small space, but I have to imagine that this is the bar scene in Unreal Engine. So yeah, that, that's pretty much how I do it. It's just environment first, and then I block it in my head, and then mocap. And what's the example of some direction you might give an actor, especially if they haven't done a lot of this kind of work before? Oh yeah, so so majority of the people that I, I um that I get are from like, you know, social media, Instagram, it's more like, Hey, I have this script, uh, show up Saturday, never met them before. Mm-hmm. So luckily I've been lucky enough that a lot of them are professionals. Mm. Um, but directing wise, it's majority of them obviously never done mocap before. And honestly, I've never done a legit real mocap session before. Ah. Uh, I've never, never, it was, it was me learning and doing it. Right. But to me, the more I do it, the more I learn. So now I like, okay, so now that you have the suit on, you just got to be mindful. Um, if you're, say, crossing your arms, you have to like give your arms some room a little bit because if not, it's going to go through you. So things like that comes in, comes with experience, right? So yeah, no, I mean, well, my first, the cyberpunk one that got mm. featured by Epic, yeah. that was my first mocap. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that I ever made, dude. That was like three hours in the making. 
Wow. <laughs> we were there for three hours and I, sh- and I mocapped four people in one suit. Yeah. Wow. So there, it was kind of disgusting. <laughs> it was kind of gross and disgusting, but luckily I had multiple t-shirts. Oh, so good. the accents of window has multiple shirts. So I was lucky enough to do that. Um, but yeah, that was my first one. It was like three hours. That was that was my very first mocap suit that wasn't just me. Yeah. Um, learn a ton with that one. And, and what I want people to understand, though, is like, that's not beginner's luck. Just because it was your first mocap shoot, you yeah. had all these other skills, though, and this artistry that you were taking from, you know, all the work you've done before. And it just translated really well to doing a yeah. mocap shoot. So it's right. like, it's not just like a coincidence that that happened. Oh, no, no, no. No, actually, um, I, I had a plan. And 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 again, and, and my YouTube channel has become this library of just pure madness about most random things. Yeah, but every now and then you're gonna see me do a lot of mocap tests, lighting tests. I'm leaving those there because that's my notes. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. So it's like, if it it usually goes like this: when you start seeing me like do some meta humans lighting tests, whatever. Usually, there's a short film coming up just mm. before that, and that's the practice. That's really the practice. That's not me going YOLO, just showing up on a Saturday and <laughs> saying, "All right, dude, let's do this." Those little mini tests that I upload are really my look dev. Yeah. You know, and it's good because I'm sharing it with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird as heck that it's so random that it's just a person standing and looking in, but that is actually me sharing my notes with everyone, you yeah. know, because when I look at that, I was like, okay, where was the lighting at? Oh yeah, that <laughs> one looks, that angle looks good. That facial animation looks good. So yeah, that's that's how I do it. You know, I just don't show up on a Saturday and just go YOLO. Um, but you know, like I mean, even if you prepare, because like the cyberpunk one, mm-hmm. um, I actually had people call out the day before the shoot. So those two new people, well, they didn't have a chance to actually memorize. So I'm glad they did. But yeah, no stuff you can't prepare for. That that's you know that's always gonna happen. Something like that. And every shoot, actually, something always happens to me that I just gotta go figure out something. Yeah. Now, going back to this idea of um, your videos as kind of being notes for yourself as well, have you ever yeah. gone back and watched, say, a video you made a year ago because you're trying to remember, like, how does that technique work? And you're, you you actually, time. like, demonstrated it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely all the time. And, you know, that's how the actual YouTube channel started. Yeah, oh, uh, was, cool. <laughs> was It was a tutorial for myself. Wow. But at the same time, I don't like writing. Mm. So, yeah, that, that was me in my beginning of Unreal Engine was me make it a tutorial so I can come back to it later. And I still do that. Yeah. I just did, I just did that recently with like yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of stupid, but it's like, I can't remember everything. There's so much tech, man. Um, And I can't remember everything. So I have to revert back and watch my own video. Sounds weird, but but no, I, do it's, I don't think it's weird at all. Like, <laughs> same thing for me. Absolutely. Like yeah. I, I stepped away from unity for, for so long. And yeah. now because of the Apple vision pro stuff, I, I get yeah. to have like a developer session with an Apple vision pro in a couple of weeks. And it's like, okay, I don't know if it's going to work with unreal. So I need to go back to unity. And I'm watching these really old videos I made in like 2016, <laughs> where I was just demonstrating the unity thing. And it's like, Oh, that's and how that C and sharp like, thing works. And, and then you're like, wow, this guy's really smart. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> articulates this so well. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, dude, this guy's really fucking good. I was like, yeah, that was you two years ago. What happened? <laughs> what no, happened? I feel, yeah. I feel the same way, dude. I do it too. I know it sounds narcissistic, but it's our notes. It's yeah. how we write notes and we share with everyone, man. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fun. So something else we have in common that I'm excited to talk about a little bit is parenting. Um, as yeah. you know, I used to have a podcast called XR Dad and my friend Logan Smith and I would share, you know, different technology things we were doing and showing our kids. Um, so we are both fathers of, of two children. And yeah. I'm curious, how does this, how does parenting, you know, work its way into your life? You're obviously working incredibly hard. I'm sure some of that is setting a good example for your kids. Like this is what it looks like to work really hard and achieve your dreams. But I also see you incorporating them into things. Your daughter gave an amazing tutorial. Like what's it like (laughs) pulling all of those things and figuring out how to balance it all? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I I actually never, I didn't grow up. Unfortunately, my my mom and dad were working overseas. So I didn't grow up with like parents, like they were there. But they were working overseas to make money to send to me and so I can have a good life. So my whole role um, in life is to really just get a second chance with my kids. 
yeah to experience all that stuff that i didn't get to experience so it's kind of like a redemption you know oh, wow. being a parent being a parent is actually being a child again because you're mm-hmm. getting to do all these crazy stuff at chuck e cheese or dave and busters <laughs> watch movies eat popcorn so to me it's like i'm being i'm trying to be a good parent but at the same time it's a double whammy because i'm getting to experience that mom and dad stuff that i never got to yeah. that makes sense so yeah my kids they know what i'm doing my daughter she's six i've been making fortnite maps and her classmates make uh play fortnite so she brags about it um she's like my dad had 70 people in his in his fortnite map today i was like that's not a lot but you know <laughs> you're in first grade but yeah sure keep saying that yeah. um she actually named and it's so funny. She named my famous Fortnite map, which is the scary one. So that's getting a lot more play than everything else I've done. And what's curious about it is she knows as a first grader what's trending more than I know Whoa. what's trending. Whoa. I heard Skibbity Toilet from her before I heard it from anywhere else. It's my like a time too. machine. So I'm starting to listen to what she's saying. She's like, Dad, you should really make a Bigfoot one. I was like, Bigfoot, okay, okay. She, she's like, you know, in the woods, uh, he's got to have, there's going to be a camper in there and they're going to be stuck. I was like, all right, what else? Because it's like, it's crazy, man. It, 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 she knows, she's so smart. Um, and she puts on the VR. Every time she comes here, she puts on my Quest too. And she just kind of like pretends like, oh, what's going on? But it, it's the funniest thing. Um, my son, I did, he loves dinosaurs. So I put some dinosaur in VR. Yeah. He gets scared of them. So yeah, I mean, to me, man, it's creating memories. Um, I don't know if they're going to remember these things because my son's four, she's six. But you're but recording a lot of it. So right, they right. Can always, but hopefully yeah. one day, right, right. Well, hopefully one day, um, you know, I can still keep going at it because one thing that I learned when I was a military man, I went to Afghanistan, dude, and, and, and I never felt so alive when I was there. Mm. And, and it made me realize like life is too short. Yeah. You gotta, you better do something, be happy, don't worry about anything, don't let anything bother you a lot. Cause dude, I was running out there while everybody was like hiding. I was running out there while we were getting shelled on. Like wow. And I and I was asking myself, what am I doing out here? Like, and and that and that's a very le- it's a, such a good lesson for me because I appreciated life a lot more. So now with my kids, I try to involve them with everything I do. Um, which I think I'm still trying. It, it's there's still some time like I'm working and I can't play with them. That's the hardest part because I don't want them to remember that, right? But at the same time, I make sure they understand that I'm working hard because whenever they want to go to Target, they can get that toy that they want. So <laughs> they understand like, oh, he's working hard. Like my daughter, she actually talks to my son about it. And I'm like, hey, dad's working hard. So he can buy you some Christmas present. Like, so she, know, or she knows that too, which is good. Um, but yeah, man, now to answer that in a long form, <laughs> yeah, I definitely get them involved. And I don't know, they like playing Minecraft. They like playing Roblox. My daughter, one day she showed the tablet. It's like, dad, I made this house. And dude, this house was like legit, really. Ah. Yeah, like <laughs> glass house, three floors, kitchen and everything. I was like, okay, we might be able to convert you to uh, environment design one day if you want to so pursue it. But but yeah, dude, it, it's incredible, man. Like six years old, first grader, it, she, can, she can do some more environments. Like in She's not pulling from mid-journey. And, and it's like the craziest thing is she's not pulling this from anywhere but her imagination. And it's truly insane. Like the freaking wall was like all red with like glass windows. I'm like, <laughs> what the heck is going on here, man? Like, I thought it was going to be like a cute little hut. Like, right, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me take a look, a hut with a door and a window. But no, nah, dude, she had like three floors and she had like an underground tunnel, like an entrance underground with like a well, the only way you can get in the house is going through the well. I was like, that's legit. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I was yeah. drinking milk in first grade, bro. Like a right. creating I, environments. I think about that all the time. Like how freaking good are our kids going to be at this stuff by the time they're our age? 
um, because they have exposure to all these things. And it it just becomes in the same way you'd want your child to learn Spanish or whatever, like another language, this becomes another language that they just become fluent in. And they're going to be able to run circles around us sooner than we probably think. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's really cool concept because I, I just actually posted about this the other day when when uh, Unreal Engine for Fortnite got updated recently, I think it was last week, they had a documentation on lighting, dude. Mm-hmm. So I clicked on it and I was reading it and I was like, this is Unreal Engine 5 lighting, dude. Right? And I was like, Epic Games is training these kids to become lighters. Yeah. Bro, think about that for a second, right? <laughs> you have a little kid in UFN reading how to light, right? Yeah. And at like 17 or 18, they'll have a portfolio to show a studio. Hey, here's uh, my lighting reel. Yeah. What? You know, it's I didn't bonkers. go to college. I played Unreal Engine for Fortnite for four years, though. It mm-hmm. doesn't look good. But that's crazy if you think about it like that. Because they're doing uh, level design and Unreal Engine for Fortnite. They're doing verse coding devices. It's insane, dude. Yeah. It, it makes me so excited because technically kids out there can translate all of these skills into money-making skills. Like that's amazing to me. So at an unreal fest, uh, there was this weird moment where uh, I got carded at the bar and I was like, that's weird. They didn't card us last year. And the reason of course, was because there were all these Fortnite creators there who were 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. Oh, uh, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And I met these people who, uh, some of them are like, yeah, I should probably drop out of college now. Like I'm doing pretty well making these Fortnite maps. Uh, and I've yeah. got, you know, 10 people working for me and we've got a, a contract with Mercedes Benz or whatever. Uh, that's so crazy. it's incredible. The opportunities there. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. And it, it's, it's amazing, man. Cause honestly for it, and, and we're not talking about 1980s, the difference between our generation and their generation, but we're talking like 10, 15 years. Yeah, you know, like they have all of these. Like nobody has to crack a software anymore. Everything is free, so it's exciting in that way because it's going to open up so much creativity. Mm-hmm. It's going to like entertainment is going to be crazy in five to ten years because yeah. all these young people are getting exposed to amazing tools for free. Man, it's mm. it's really cool. I'm excited mm-hmm. for it. Really exciting time. You were talking uh, at the beginning about how. Um, sometimes it's really fun to just like turn off your brain and watch something that's gonna make you laugh. When it comes to things like video games or movies, are those things you can still kind of enjoy in a really passive way? Or is your brain always taking things in like, you know, critically thinking about like what's working, what isn't, how would I improve on this? Uh, Does it all feel like research? No, not really. Um, I can still, well, I guess it depends. I mean, if it if something bothers me, like something sticks out, then yeah, I'm gonna criticize it. But for the most part, no, I watch it. Um, although I don't really watch a lot of movies anymore, just with the kids and stuff. Yeah. So you know, like Teenage Mutant Charlie came out. <laughs> um, but but um, I, I I usually just watch it uh, as as it is. But if something sticks out really bad, then yeah, like oh my god, why did they do that kind of deal. But no, I can still enjoy movies. I just haven't really seen like a good, good movie in a while. You know, it's, it's been a minute. I've been watching a lot of, it's just hard because I, I grew up watching 90s and early 2000s movies, man. That's like the peak of. Oh God. Yeah. So many great <laughs> That's movies. That's like the peak of movies, right? So it's, it's hard to be, it's hard to enjoy something good now. It sucks because I don't like being negative, right? Because we don't, right. I don't have time for being negative, but I just, it's just not the same anymore, you know, with, with the remakes and the video game adaptations. It's like, I want to see something new, like something that I haven't seen before. Um, that's what really the stuff that I like to see. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Um, and it seems like the most interesting things happening right now are coming from the indie devs and the indie, indie creators who oh, are yeah. really experimenting. They're not as risk averse as a big studio that's like, oh, we really want to make a return. Bro, on I, I say that all the time. Yeah. And I think Love, Death and Robots, yeah. that's like, holy my, cow. Um, yeah, that's my, that is my inspiration as far as what I want to do. That's what I want to do is like t- tell animations that are short, but really good. Um, how, did you see the Hibaro one? Absolutely. The Spanish incredible. one? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So, so when I'm talking about things that I haven't seen before, 
that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about because at the end I realized, and I'm sorry for talking about off thing, but this is kind of like inspiration, but yeah. towards the end, I, I told myself, I said, that was a silent film. I just had to rewatch it again. I was like, dude, nobody talked in that entire thing. And it was fucking incredible. Like, but that's, that's what I mean by you can take an old idea, but somehow revolutionize it to the way that it's, it's so fucking good. I was so blown away by it because I was telling my wife, she didn't watch it. But I was telling my wife, I was like, babe, that was, that was actually a silent film. Would you consider that a silent film? Yeah, I think it is it's a, a silent. silent film. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, dude, you know, I'm having, I got goosebumps right now because just the way that that episode hit me was on a whole new level. Um, and it's so funny because the artists, I talk to them on Twitter and I tell them all the time, dude, those, uh. those characters that you model, they're insane, bro. Like it's, it's one of those things that we don't get to see a lot nowadays. Something that I just completely blows your mind because it's so simple. The story was so simple, but so powerful that it just inspired the crap out of me. And to think, I believe they had 40 people work on that thing, dude. Yeah, like 47, I believe. Like mind-blowing. I was like, there's no way. But but yeah, you're right. Uh, the indie smaller people, I, I tend to like a lot more because they are not afraid of risking stuff. I remember watching that. I had just watched like a boring movie. I can't even remember what. And I was like, God, like so vanilla. There's nothing interesting there. Let's see what's on Love, Death and Robots. It was the next episode. Watched it once the way through, uh, was completely sucked in by it, just totally absorbed by the story and the world. Yeah. Then I watched it a second time and I was like, how? Like, I was trying to break it down and trying to understand how it was done. Yeah. I was like, how is this render? Is this live action with like no, rotoscoping dude. going on? Like, how yeah. is this even, yeah. how does this exist? Like, I had so many questions. Yeah. So Maybe. I actually, um, I knew it wasn't Unreal. I knew that because I was pretty good at spotting because I, I spotted the other one that was made in Unreal Engine 4 and the creator, one of the people that worked on it actually messaged me. He's like, how the did you know that that was Unreal Engine? This is before <laughs> this is before they announced it was Unreal Engine. He's oh, like, dude, cool. how did you know it was Unreal Engine 4? I was like, yo, I've been staring at Unreal Engine 4 renders for like two years and I recognize those stuff. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you have a really good eye. I was like, yeah, but it was awesome. That Unreal Engine 4 with the, with the big monster at the end yeah, and amazing terrifying. again right <laughs> but but um for love death and robots i i watched it i'm like i was looking at the trees i was like wait a minute they painted the shit over top of the cg render and i like messaged i was like dude did you guys paint it over and he's like i really can't say but <laughs> but yeah they they, they painted over the, the cg so it looks we've seen it before with like spider-man and stuff but right. this one, they blended it so well. It was like, it reminded me of um, Take On Me. The, the song sure. Take On Me. Yeah, the music Because they, they took the 2D video and they drew over it. And they did the same thing with, as far as I know, with Hivaro, was they took the 3D video and they painted over it. That's mm -hmm. why it looked like that. And I was like, okay, dude, well, all right. Well, I already liked the fucking show, but it just blew my mind once again. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that's, that's inspiration stuff. I absolutely love watching those kind of stuff. Mind blowing. Um, yeah. I saw you posting some videos about, uh, Alan Wake too. I know a lot of people are talking oh, about that God, right now. Dude. How's that resonating yes. with you? I never played the first one. Yeah, me neither. And, and, and the only reason why I played this one is because of, because of doing research on, uh, the LSS 3.5 rate reconstruction, because you know, that's coming in Unreal. So I was playing this game and honestly, uh, I don't know if you've seen the TV show Hannibal. Um, yeah, of course, with Mads Mikkelsen. The TV show Hannibal, okay. One of my favorite TV shows ever made. Beautiful. Okay? And and I was playing, I was playing Alan Wake. I was like, dude, this is so Hannibal vibe. And, mm. and it's like something that I would absolutely want to make into a movie similar to that, because honestly, it's a short film. Yeah. The, the 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 game is a short film. It's it's again, we're talking about taking storytelling to another level, dude. Alan Wake 2 is what you and I are trying to do with storytelling. Wow. It's still, it's a movie, but an interactive movie. Um, yeah, if you get a chance to try it, obviously, without the kids. <laughs> obviously. Bro, like, no, like, seriously, like, the first, <laughs> I, like, for the first five seconds when I was live streaming it, I was like, oh, shit. 
I don't think I was allowed to show that, but but there's a filter for it. There's a filter. There's a prime. Uh, there's a kid filter for it. Oh, so. right. bro, it is. So what? To me, it seems like they did environment up front. Mm. They 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 made this amazing atmosphere environment and slapped it right in front of your face, and then they layered it with storytelling. And then gameplay. Mm. That's how they served it. So when you're playing it, you're like, wow, you don't even care about anything else. And that's why the review is so good because people are just absolutely in awe. They cannot explain what they're looking at because it's absolutely beautiful, dude. Like it, like you've probably seen all the reviews. It's one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Yeah. And I haven't heard anyone. I haven't yeah. heard anyone related to Hannibal yet, though, and that makes me even more excited. So oh, bro, it is Hannibal. <laughs> bro, look, the way you're going to see, you're, if you play, you're going to be like, yeah, okay, I see why this is kind of like Hannibal because, because, oh, my, the, the color palette, the, the, uh, the storytelling, the cult, bro, it is all there. You should play the first hour of it. You're not, you're going to be like, okay, this game is effing good. So <laughs> um, it's, it's cool because I like Cyberpunk 2077, amazing, but this is on the flip side of that it's like naturey foliage trees lakes facial animation was superb like it didn't bother me right so it's like it's good it's really good um i haven't finished it yet because it's getting a little bit too scary now like i was live streaming it (laughs) i was live streaming it at night i was like dude i'm trying not to like scream like a little girl while i'm live streaming but um it's it's brilliant dude if you have a chance to 30 minutes just just check it out and play it. Yeah. Is yeah, I learned. You sold me on it, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know it. it wasn't made in Unreal Engine, right? What's it? What's no, it? it's Northlight. Um, but oh. what's crazy is uh Silent Hill 2 or Silent Hill is gonna be in Unreal 5. And Alan Wake 2 is giving me that vibe. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a good comparison um between the two games, two engines. Bloober team, which did Layers of Fear in Unreal Engine Five, is doing Silent Hill, so I'm super excited because I think they can do it. Um, I'm not. I don't know if you've seen any videos on Layers of Fear, the video no, game, but dude, it is Silent Hill, like Silent Hill 2.0. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty stoked. Um, but but yeah, right now I'm mostly playing games to study the environment because the environment design on Alan Wake Two is so good, dude. It's so good. And it's so weird because I know those people don't get like the kudos they get, mm. but gosh, dude, talented. I think it took like four years to make that game. Wow. Huh. I think so. So yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, go live streaming. I think that'll be really fun. Yeah. Um, and maybe port it to VR or something so we could really like oh, yeah. scare ourselves off or something. Oh, I got to ask you this. Yeah, sure. Um, there is a Cyberpunk 2077 VR getting shared around. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually VR, man. What's your take on that? Oh, the, you mean I, the video? It looks like a, it looks yeah. like just like a video. No, it's it's not VR. It's not actually that's what like I a was live thinking. VR. I'm it's like, no. dude, this thing is getting <laughs> passed around. This is not VR, but like VR path tracing, Cyberpunk 2077. And I'm like looking at it. This there's no way. This is this is going back to like what people accuse you of, which they can't, which is that you're yeah. lying and you're showing things yeah. that aren't true. That particular video is absolutely not real-time VR. You know what I'm talking basically. about, right? Yeah, exactly. Because here's the thing: there is a VR mod for Cyberpunk 2077. So I believe what happened there was they recorded like you know, a camera path and then rendered it all out with path tracing and everything cranked up to 11. But that is not the real time experience. That's what I was saying. I'm like, I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing is like major outlets was tweeting it too. I was like, bro, that, I don't think that's VR. I mean, yeah. it looks great, but ain't no way that would run on VR. Man. Have you heard about the, uh, the Prey Dog mod? Does that mean anything to you? No, no, no. What is it? So flat to flat to VR, which is a, a Discord channel, and they post things like, "Hey, here's yeah. a Cybertron 27, 2070 mod and whatnot." So most of the times, if you want to play a, a 2D game in VR, there's a particular mod for that one game. So this okay. uh, gentleman by the name of Prey Dog has been developing this mod, which is incredible. I've been lucky to beta test it a little bit, right. where it is a universal. Unreal Engine converter. It'll take any Unreal Engine four or Unreal Engine five game. It injects everything necessary for it to run in VR. 
and it'll add in like hand controller support. I've done it with uh, split screen games like It Takes Two, which is amazing with kids. And it looks beautiful. You get to take all these worlds that were, you know, designed even years ago or, you know, a month ago and just suddenly you're in VR with it. It's it's really what? incredible. Yeah. He hasn't released so it publicly it, yet. Are but... we talking are we talking VR or like 360 video? Because I've no, seen no, no, the like actual video. VR. Yeah, actual what? VR, oh. like move your head around, walk around the world, um, teleport, you know, add in other kind of ways Dude, to get around. And it, yeah. And it's it, talking about VR. I mean, honestly, and I can't wait. I can't wait until we get some full realistic stuff in there. I mean, we're pretty close. I would say five to 10 years, we're going to get some nice stuff in there because with AI and with hardware going up, mm -hmm. like get DLSS3 working in VR. And I think we'll. We're good. Like we're it actually working in VR, right. but not with like ray reconstruction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and and I think I mean, man, I can't wait for that. Like just getting sixty solid FPS, so I'm not like getting dizzy and throwing up. That would be freaking amazing, man. But yeah, yeah sorry, that's not amazing. And I, I feel <laughs> the same way. Yeah, it's it's like, and I think especially we're gonna have kind of this other group of people who get interested in all this stuff because of the Apple Vision Pro and they're going to come at it yeah. from this other angle. But it's yeah. inevitable that this stuff is going to be such it's I mean, as you you and I both know, it's such an immersive way to experience a world and yes. to experience a game in a way where, you know, you understand scale. You get a sense of like how you yeah. relate to other things. I mean, in yeah, even in the Electric Dreams demo in VR, dude, yeah. it is the most fun. It's the most realistic VR thing I've ever seen. Yeah, um, so I, good. when I did that in VR, I was like, "This is incredible!" And that was in my little low-res VR uh, vibe too. It wasn't even yeah. like the top-notch one. But yeah, I feel like I, I feel like it's just the PC that needs to keep up, and then obviously the uh, the headsets. Yeah, yeah. But the well, engine's there. The, exactly. The engine can do it. Yeah, yeah, the engine can do it. Yeah. And the moment someone's able to start getting, you know, four GPUs in parallel rendering VR, two GPUs for each eye, you know, we're going to be in business. <laughs> yeah, when is that going to happen, man? Soon, I hope. I, I know some really smart people trying to figure it out as we, yeah, like, so, you know, we need to talk do that because <laughs> that's actually a good idea. Like, pitch in two PCs, like, oh my gosh, dude, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Now I can tell. How's the metahumans in VR right now, though? I know you were so, testing it. Right. So that's one of those things where it's very easy to hit the uncanny valley because in, in ways where metahumans would look totally fine in a 2D film, yeah, yeah. as soon as you're in VR with them, it's like, oh, the eyes do feel kind of dead. Like it, it yeah. isn't quite connecting the same way. If you can do LOD zero or LOD one, I think yeah. it, it actually can work great as long as it's a well-designed metahuman. Like it's not right, impossible right. to make an awkward metahuman that feels weird. And I've seen plenty so of them. So what, what are the limitations? Uh, this is, I'm interviewing you now. Yeah, sure. I know I was like, I was watching your video about it when it first 5.1 first came out. Mm -hmm. Is there any new developments on that? Like this, do they look better now you would yes. say in VR? Yeah, so they look better oh, cool. now. There's a couple things worth mentioning. One of which is in the past, you had to use hair cards. And if you didn't have, because some metahumans don't come with hair cards, they only have strands right. and you'd have to like right, make right, your right. own or something. Yep, yep, so yep. that used to be it. Like you needed to have hair cards. Now um, I demonstrated taking the meerkat demo and getting all the grooms working there in VR. So similarly, you can have a metahuman with grooms now. It'll work in VR. It won't crash as long as you have something powerful enough. Yeah. That looks really good. Um, the trickiest thing I think in VR with metahumans, in addition to just designing everything well, is the eye contact. If you have a metahuman looking at you and yeah. to have it not, because there's two things people do. One is like a dead-eyed stare that's just staring at you the whole time. Yeah. And that feels weird. And then there's <laughs> a weird thing where it's like, they're talking to you and then they just kind of like look away for a while and then they're still talking and then they look yeah. back at you. But to have something that feels natural where your eyes are darting yeah, around, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's really tricky. And I, I don't think anyone's really nailed that, especially so in VR yet. How about textures? Are you having to downrest it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no reason to have like an 8K metahuman texture in there and it does gotcha. really make it a lot heavier. So one of the first things I do when I download any metahuman is I will grab all those textures, some of which yeah. are like 400 megabytes. Resize it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah resize them all, downsample them. And that's gonna help yeah. a lot with the frame rate for getting the, yeah. the experience to run faster. Man, um, but we're doing all this stuff with AI and metahumans in VR. And some of that actually feels really good. Like having a yeah. conversation um, yeah. with a metahuman, we've got our Charles Dickens thing for Christmas Carol and you ask ask him about, hey, what's your favorite gas lamp? And he'll like explain why he really likes this particular model. And, you know, that's that's yeah. totally bonkers. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, that's that's actually, I mean, the same thing that I'm trying to do because now you take that pixel streaming and you can have like ask, have you ever seen that? Sorry, this is like 
yeah. uh, squirrel moment. But have you ever seen the movie by Steven Spielberg called AI, Artificial yeah. Intelligence? Yeah, with Haley Joel Osment. Do you remember Robin Williams's character as the uh, AI bot that the kid was asking questions? Was it Robin Williams or the the Jude yeah. Law character? Okay. I, no, it was Robin Williams. It was mm. like a. It was like he went to this room and Robin Williams' character was like, "Oh, ask me any question." That's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. That was like ChatGPT that Steven Spielberg just showed there, and that really reminds me of it because that's honestly what I was telling people is you take a really historical figure, you pixel stream him, and kids can ask him questions about history or. If you're doing homework and research, hey man, George Washington, you know, where were you born? Instead of going to like, you know, typing Google, you can like interact with the actual, you know, really popular figure, historical figure. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Totally possible. So it's like, wow, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And and this is something I think Apple really is going to get right with their, what they're calling, um, uh, spatial videos or whatever, this this preservation yeah. of memories and this archive of like, here's what it really felt to be here at this particular moment. So there's the historical right. figure side, but then also like, imagine, and I, you already did something kind of like this, but to have like, here's Jay right now, here's his kids right now. There yeah, are the yeah, 3D yeah. models, here's the right. environment, and here yeah. is AI that is trained on this particular moment in their lives. Yeah. And 40 right. years from now, you and your kids can go back yeah. and re-experience what that was. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the models look like crap because we can't do meta-human kids yet. I'm yeah. hope, hoping that will happen in the future. But yeah, no, that's that's what I want is, again, we talk about life and stuff. It's, it's we're not going to be here forever. My kids get lonely sometimes and they can go talk to me on the Pixel streaming. Like, hey, dad, what's up? Like, I'll be my voice, my look, my likeness. You know, things like that. Because, yeah, man, life is too short. So I'm just trying to, and again, like I said in the video, is like, at least I know somewhere out there in the internet space, my family's together forever, yeah. as long as the internet doesn't go down. <laughs> as long as Skynet doesn't destroy it. But, you know, it's kind of cool to think about that, that, that even after life, man, I know for a fact that four of us and my dog, we're all hanging out in this uh, space. Yeah. You know, right? That, that's just kind of cool to me. And that's what I, that's what I was trying to do with that. So, yeah. I love that. It's so inspiring. Uh, well, we're about at time and I, I do want to make sure you can get back to work, Jay. Yeah, but, man. You know, people think that you're a bazillionaire because you're working your butt off all the time and making all these incredible things. But I want to make sure people are able to support you. So please, yeah. anyone gets excited about what you do, you know, do yeah. you have do you have courses that can be purchased? Are there ways people can hire you? Like what are ways to yeah. keep helping you do all the awesome things you're doing? Well, like I posted earlier, Epic Games just gave me a dollar. No, I'm just joking. Was, <laughs> they give me a dollar because they're a rebate. So I posted like a joke, like, hey, they gave me money. But no, um, ArchStation, I have courses. Uh, the introduction to lighting course, mm -hmm. actually, that got featured on ArchStation. I was like, Love whoa, it. what the? That was amazing. Um, really good course for lighting. Uh, it will solve a lot of your problems. I do have a fiber consulting now. Uh, if, if I just need to need to talk to me or need me to troubleshoot. And additionally, I'm offering a lighting service now. So if you have a project that you want me to light, I'll light it. Because I'm, I'm finding that I actually like lighting the best. That's mm. the thing that I like the most um, in the process of this whole filmmaking thing. Because as much as I want to be a technician, it's just lighting that once I get to that lighting mode, it's like, I kind of get up. I got to go like this. All right, I'll say, all right, <laughs> cool. Now, now we do some fun stuff. Yeah. So I am starting to do a fiber lighting uh, with, with people if they need some help with that but yeah thanks for asking me and thanks for having me here i feel like we're gonna have to do a part two. Oh well, yes <laughs> if you can come up with some more questions because dude honestly i don't get to talk unreal with my families they're so sick of it <laughs> um you know so yeah my wife's like i've talked to her so much about it so i like talking about unreal engine um hopefully some projects that i can share maybe later maybe for the part two just the process of it that would be cool for the uh, viewers or whatever yeah but yeah man thanks for having me and, and i'm sorry this was like way overdue bro but, oh, oh this is fantastic <laughs> you know yeah and 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 no and and honestly can i just give an advice um because you know i quit my job i don't have a job and stuff like that i i did it the wrong way you you have to even for the Fortnite creators that you were talking to just because you're all making money right now doesn't mean something's not going to change later down the road. Yeah. Um, make sure you're prepared. Uh, for me, the thing that screwed me up was the strike. Mm -hmm. I did not foresee that 
happening when I left in February, right? Yeah. So I had everything lined up, studios lined up, and then the strike hit. So I didn't get hired. So again, if you're going to take the leap of faith and like jump, you know, and just follow your dreams, just make sure that you have a plan. Because right now, I'm honestly like doing, aside from the consulting and stuff, I'm probably going to get, like I told you about, probably going to get a nine to five job here, you know, non, non-artistic related. Cause yeah, I, I wasn't prepared. I, I did it wrong. I mean, I made a mistake potentially. Um, so yeah, if you're planning on doing this, quitting your job, just make sure that you're ready. Yeah. If anything, ask yourself, Yeah. if anything happens, are you going to be ready for it? So yeah, man, I just want to oh. say that. Yeah, thank you for that incredible advice, Jay. And I, I hope I speak for just the Unreal Engine community uh, in general when I say thank you for everything you do. We're all rooting for you. I think we all see a very bright future for the role you're going to play in all these tools because you just have the the will and the passion and the you know artistic uh, drive to to create so many cool things that. At any moment, I think none of us would be surprised to hear like, oh, yeah, NVIDIA hired you to be like just an on-call consultant for, you know, every time they come out with a new SDK or something like that. Right. Like, it feels like that's very much within the realm of possibility. So yeah. um, really enjoyed this chat. This is fantastic. By the way, yeah. the reason this podcast started was very similar to what you were just saying. Jacob, my co-host, was like, there's no one to talk to Unreal Engine about. Can we just start talking about Unreal Engine and yeah. maybe we'll record it? Yeah, sure. Sounds fun. So I'm you sure we're going to have a part You don't two. miss the Unreal Engine panel? they used to have they would sit in the couch and yeah it'd be like eight hours yeah that'd be fun i, I mean that'd be really great um yeah. but, but yeah um, but you honestly know. but honestly for you though i just want to thank you because you know i messaged you a lot asking you random questions in the middle of the night in the morning because my brain never stops so when i think about some of my ask questions um thanks for helping me out with the vr stuff because i'm definitely new to it man um, it goes both ways. Yeah, I think we really yeah. help each other out. And I hope we kind of embody what's so great about the Unreal Engine community in general, which is that we do all want to help each other and we want yeah. to see everyone do well and the rising tide raises all boats and, and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it, dude. You have a good rest of your night. Cool. Um, everyone listening or watching this, all the links to Jay's amazing content and ways to support him are going to be in the description. And uh, yeah, go reach out. Um, you know, yeah, buy his courses, uh, watch all his videos, hire him for things and look forward to the next episode. Me, I would love to do like a deep dive into some, you know, film or something you come out yeah. with and we can really break down all the awesome thought and work that went into it. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Jay. Have fun getting back to your shoot. <laughs> See you. Cheers. Bye.